Well, Kevin, I kind of failed us this week. How'd you do that? How'd you fail us? I didn't have a thunder and lightning intro. Oh, you could have had it with all the delays and everything we had. You you could have played some thunder rolls or something by Garth Brooks. That would have been an epic intro. We'd probably got in trouble for copyright laws, but probably still would have been great. Well, we'll talk about some of those delays that we had last week, some postponements, had some Saturday games and Monday night games, so we'll get into that. Welcome to Sports 601 Podcast, Season 1, Episode 8. I'm your host, James Few. I cover sports for sports601.com and the Laurel Impact for Jasper, Jones, Smith, and Wayne County. And to my 12 o'clock, my co-host wearing a Marvel Comics t-shirt that's already got some play today. Yeah, you got a couple of comments at yeah. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So, uh, well, Kevin covers sports for us with sports601.com, Hagsburg Impact for Forest, Lamar, and Covington County. Well, Kevin, how did you do in week seven? I did pretty good. It finished up seven and three, and uh, overall record of forty-five and eighteen. So I did pretty good as we enter week eight. Yeah, I had uh, one less game than you uh, this week, uh, so I went. No, I had one more game than you. I went eight and three, and obviously I'm forty-one and nineteen overall. So we're both in the kind of same range. You've had a few more games uh, this season than I have, but uh, I think we're doing pretty good on our pick so far. Obviously, some of these games, I think this week could be a bad week for me. There's a lot of games that I thought could go either way, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Let's talk about some of those Week 7 games um, and some of those cancellations. Uh, Friday night, I was at a game that didn't have any lightning, didn't have any rain. I was at Mize and Puckett, and uh, Puckett pulled out a win over Mize. Actually handed them their first loss of the year, uh, 21-14. Just a crazy game. Uh, Mize just never really felt like they were in the game, uh, even though there at the end, they had a chance to tie the game with a few minutes left and ended up fumbling on the one-yard line. Uh, Puckett's defense uh, just played lots out in this game. Forced Mize in some situations. You know, Mize, they don't run the, the wing tee. They kind of run a little bit of everything, uh, but they do run the ball a lot. And uh, Puckett just forced them to throw the ball. Mize had uh, three possessions in a row where they tossed picks. And I talked to Chuck Lee after the game, and I asked him, you know, were those – Long passes downfield, just them trying to get a quick score to kind of get back in the game. And he said, yeah, they they tried that several times and it wasn't working. But like I said, it it was a close game at the end. Uh, But Puckett does pull out the win and hand Mize their first loss of the year. Uh, Week 7 was just kind of weird, uh, not just with the cancellations, but especially at halftime, there was a lot of potential upsets. And one of those potential upsets was Enterprise and Heidelberg. Heidelberg was leading, I believe, sixth to zero either 
in the first quarter or late in the second quarter and uh, Enterprises comes back and wins this game 13 to 6 they'll remain perfect on the year at 6 and 0 you had Northeast Jones who was 2 and 4 coming in this game they hand Richland who was 4 and 2 in this game a loss and Northeast Jones picks up their first uh win uh, to open up bridge and play first time since 2016 uh, they beat Richland 35 to 6 you had Resurrection Catholic and Stringer another game that was kind of close there at the beginning uh, Stringer ends up losing that game to Resurrection 35 to 20 Civil Bay picks up a big win to open up district play for them they beat Centerville 28 to 16 Richland gets a win over Heidelberg or Wayne Academy 20 to 7 uh, Waynesboro uh, gets a win over PRC 21 to 6. And then, of course, a Saturday game because of cancellation, West Jones 37, South Jones 5. And by the way, that's a field goal and safety to give you five points there for South Jones. And then Monday, you had Laurel and Brookhaven playing. Uh, Laurel won that game 29 to 6. You know, that was a game I thought the score, the deficit would be a little bit wider. And I think if that game was played on Friday night, you would probably had a larger win for Laurel. But, uh, you know, we talked to Coach Breland after the game and just asked him, you know, how did he prepare his team for a Monday night game? He said, man, I, I don't know. This is the first time I've ever had to deal with that situation. And we just kind of did some walkthroughs and tried to keep the team motivated. And uh, But they picked up a win over Brookhaven Monday night. Uh, I know you had some games Monday night. But just kind of talk about your week seven overall. Yeah, week seven was, was really, really strong. Probably the strangest weekend of high school football that I've ever covered, to be honest. We never covered a Monday night game, and rarely do we have Saturday games. But uh, I was at Petal Oak Grove. Petal won that game 21 to 7. We had a two and a half hour uh, lightning delay and thought it was going to be longer. There was still lightning popping around us in the second half, but must have been out of the, the coverage zone or whatever they want to call it. Right. Uh, because we didn't we didn't get stopped. And this game was this game was neck and neck, seven to seven. Um, you had both teams respond to open and drive touchdowns. But, man, Pedal and their rushing attack. Michael McGowan uh, had around 25 carries, somewhere around in there. Uh, ended up uh, having over 200 yards mm-hmm. rushing. He's just a hoss. And uh, he was the first one to credit his offensive line. But the defense stepped up. Uh, he had a couple of interceptions late in the game for Oak Grove, and that really cost him uh, to – to keep from uh, coming back in that game. Uh, also, we had Pascagoula. Uh, they defeated Hattiesburg 26-7. to uh, Hattiesburg, you know, they come out. And I think they scored first, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But then Pascagoula just took over again. That was one that was delayed. Uh, you had uh, McGee defeat Seminary 51-27. Uh, Purvis and Stone. They actually played Saturday, and Purvis continues their winning streak. Beat Stone in overtime, forty-two to forty. Uh, mm-hmm. Purvis has my player of the week, Eli Barrett. Uh, he had a game high seventeen tackles. Oh wow! And he he just had a great game. Three year starter, uh, just just a good kid, and uh, he sniffed out Stone. Uh, you had Green County defeat Summerall 49-7. I think Green County is kind of flying under the radar. They've got a really solid team this year, and they took care of Summerall. Mount Olive picks up a win. They get over a uh, big region win for them. They defeat Lee, yeah. Lee County 44 How many wins 
on the year is that for Memorial? I believe that brings them to three there. I okay. think. I think. Good job. Uh, but Oak Forest Academy, this one was my stunner. Uh, Oak Forest Academy def- defeated Presbyterian Christian 33-12. to 12. Uh, Presbyterian Christian had been riding high. They were mm-hmm. getting top five votes on the AP prep polls and things like that. And they just never could get their footing with all the delays and stuff like that. Um, you also had North Forest who played Monday night. Uh, they actually played the second half Monday night, played the first half Friday night. But they defeated 5-1 St. Patrick. Mm. They shut them out 25 to nothing. Uh, the defense was just absolutely great what I saw in the second half. In that game, uh, they had an end zone to end zone pick six uh, for wow. North Forest. So Anthony Dillon's team is uh, has a lot of momentum. And then you have Lumberton. Uh, they defeated Sacred Heart 47-0. to zero. So that was my week seven. Uh, crazy weekend, but we finally get out of week seven Monday. Finally. Yeah, it was very NFL-ish, I guess you would say. Uh, having games on Thursday night, having games uh, on Monday night, just kind of gave that atmosphere, feel. I was kind of excited about that. You know, I was like, oh, I wonder how high school football would be if we had – Thursday, Friday, and Monday games, and uh, it kind of changed my mind because you know the Monday games just wasn't wasn't that exciting, and even Saturday games just wasn't exciting to me. It's just when you take kids out of that routine of playing every Friday night, playing sometimes on Thursday, and then causing them to play on Saturday and Monday, it just kind of takes them out of that routine, and it just wasn't good football, I guess you would say, as you would normally see on Friday night. Well, we have a guest with us today. Uh, we'll call it in the broadcast booth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the head man, the head honcho at Buckley Newspaper, Zach Buckley. He uh, gets to watch a lot of uh, Jasper County games, and we're going to talk some Jasper County football with him. Uh, Zach, just just kind of talk about what you've seen from those Jasper County teams, uh, Civil Bay, Stringer, Heidelberg, Bay Springs, uh, so far in the season. It's been kind of a weird year in Jasper County. Um, you know, going into the season, you know, uh, we'll start with Bay Springs. They probably had the have kind of the best thing going right now. They had a really good 2018 year. Lost a lot of seniors, so they're playing a lot of freshmen all over the field. Yeah. But yet, they only have one loss for the season against yeah. them, to me the best team in 2A, Taylorsville. Uh, Stringer. Um, you know, they lost a lot too. So they're kind of in a rebuilding year and, and, and they're kind of playing a little bit to that. You know, they've, they've probably lost a game or two. They wish they could get back enterprise, maybe being one of them. Yeah. Um, but now they're having to get in their stretch and I think they probably had a chance against resurrection. They just, you know, they just wore out in the end. I, I was watching that game kind of on Twitter, getting some updates. And, uh, you know, like I said, there was still a lot of games Friday night that up until halftime was, was kind of some shockers. And, and that was one of them. Um, I they they got a new running back now that they've uh, they're playing. Yeah. yeah, just talk a little bit about him from what you've seen from him so far. Um, yeah, JJ runs the ball hard. Um, he you know Stringer has a couple running backs, but uh, he's kind of taken over that role. And um, when you look at him, he, he doesn't look like your prototypical running back, so to speak. But he can shock you with his just pure toughness. He, he runs the ball tough. He doesn't. He's not so fast. He he's not so big and strong and bad looking. But he's a he's a he's a thicker kid. But he yeah. just runs tough. Uh, I believe uh, he played what? What did he play on defense before? Uh, he was a defensive lineman. Yeah, D lineman. 
And, and we've kind of seen some of that this year with, with Taylorsville trotting out a D lineman out there to play running back some. And uh, Travis Keys, he's been pretty successful running the ball for Taylorsville. And then we see that with Stringer. Um, which, you know, small ball, you kind of you kind of took yeah. those guys out there to and, run the ball. Stringer's had a tough beginning of the schedule too. And, and um, their two biggest – Biggest games in their region is going to be Resurrection and, and Lumberton, and uh, they're kind of through with those, so they just kind of have yeah. to finish strong and, and hopefully get that playoff spot. Yep. Uh, Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. Heidelberg. Oh man, they have a tough go right now. Heidelberg to me started off strong. Um, love Coach Marcello Evans. He's got some. He's got some big time offensive defensive linemen, um, loaded with a lot of speed. Um, but they've hit the injury bug a little bit, and uh, matter of fact, a uh, kid had a had a wreck car car accident over the weekend. Uh, Jason Cooper, uh, we need to keep him in prayers because uh, he's gonna you know on top of the three, you know they're they're on a losing streak, three week losing streak, and uh, they face Taylorsville and then they oh. then they lose a, a a really good player on their team, and so they're going through some tough times right now. Yeah. Silver Bay, I know they uh, you know. Almost one game one of the season was up a pretty good bit, and uh, Brookhaven Academy came back in that game. Uh, you know they lost a lot of guys from last year, and uh, just talk about the dynamic of their team. I know, you know, a lot of those guys play both sides of the ball, and when you get to the third and fourth quarter, you're just gassed, especially when you're playing every single play on both sides of the ball. Don't have the depth that which I'm in academy ball. You don't really have the depth that you yeah. might have in high school, but they, they've had to deal with that uh, yeah, a good bit this year. It, depth is their, is their issue. I mean, it's, they have a, they have a front 11 to 13 players that can play good football. And you'll see that in the first two quarters of every game. And uh, it seems like when they come out at halftime, it just really takes over. And uh, they were able to finish uh central, you know, that's a big win down there. You know, yeah. Centerville's a very historic, you know, it's private school, it's small school, but the most winning is head coach in Mississippi history. Bill Hurst mm-hmm. coaches there. And somebody has a great head coach, Terry Underwood. He knows what he knows football. Yeah. But this is the first time he's had to play with the conditions you're talking about where he's trying to figure out how, you know, he had to play three quarterbacks the other night and his quarter his starting quarterback had to go to running back and mm-hmm. then had to play cornerback. And next thing you know, that one kid's played six, seven positions by the time he's returned punts and and uh, snap field goals and, yeah. and other things. So it's a it's a different type of ball. And uh, but Civil Bay, you know, is they, they hit they were playing bigger schools. They took a lot of lumps at the beginning of the year. They're at two wins now, but they're one and zero in their district. Their season yeah. is still young. They played Newton Academy. There's no love lost. Those two schools do not like each other. They play Friday night depending on the weather. And uh, Newton Academy's one to know in the district, so it it could you know for for small ball it could be a big game. It's a big game for each of those schools. Yeah. Underwood, he's kind of coached at, at many different levels. JUCO, yeah, um, got his start at public and, school. Yeah, Underwood was the head coach at uh, East Central Community College, I think, for nine years, maybe ten, yeah. nine and a half, ten years. Uh, coached on the junior college level. I know he's coached at Pearl River. Um, He's also coached at Oak Grove, Hattiesburg, PCS. So he's he's have, he has a lot of coaching experience. Civil Bay is lucky to have him. Um, he uh, almost went to the state championship last year, and knowing knowing Coach Underwood, he may find his way back to, right. to get close to that. And, and lost that game what in triple overtime? Triple overtime to Sample. Mm-hmm. That was that was quite a game. It, it, if I'm not mistaken, that was kind of a was that a wet field uh, kind it of. It was uh, it was one of the the 
muddiest environments I've ever seen. I remember yeah. looking at your pictures, and it's kind of hard to tell which team was which because every single yeah. jersey was was brown because of the yeah. the mud. So yeah. they they schedule those academy games different, right? Like, right. So if you play a tough tough schedule the year before, you get off a little bit easier. I think I think Underwood no, I was think talking it's, about that. I think or, it's uh, was it? based on how well you did the year before. Yeah, MA, right. MA, like in the, a, a little bit of a difference you see in MAIS and, and MHSAA, your your public schools have a little bit more control over their schedule. Right. Where, where in MAIS, MAIS sets most of the schedule. Okay. And it, yes, it is based on maybe how you did the year before. So Silver Bay did really well last year. Right. They got a pretty tough schedule this year. So yeah. they've had to kind of play bigger schools, so to speak. I actually like their playoff system. Uh, probably a little bit more than I, I like the the high school playoff system where it's seeded. And so you have, you know, one seed or whatever playing it's 16. It's a point system, yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of, you know, just kind of looking at that last year and kind of how all that stuff played out, I think I kind of like that better for the high school. I would like to see, especially like, you know, you split it up south and north. You know, that's but, where, but that's kinda, the difference I see is, is that, you know, week one in the playoffs, one year Civil Bay had to drive to the top of Holly Springs at Marshall Academy to play their first round of playoffs. So that can be a little tough on, a, especially a little 1A school, that, yeah. you know. Having to do that, but yeah, there's not a sense of north and south, which I do like the sense yeah. of of a, of a north state, yeah, a south state. Yeah, I like that. I just uh, kind of wish that that you know, like I said, div- divided up to north and south, but you do play that seated system where you know. You make a good point because you know you look at a lot of the 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 um, the way things are set up in, in MHSAA. You, know, you look at two A. They have a region down there that hardly has a win, you know, yeah. has a handful of wins. Then you have another region where Taylorsville, Bay Springs, Puckett, Mize, Enterprise, they're right. all have these unbelievable, you know, records. You know, one loss, no loss type teams. Right. You know, it's not really fair that one of those is not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like an SEC West almost. Yeah, and, and it's not just in two A like that. It's like that in other yeah. in other divisions too. Yeah, three five A used to be that way. I know this year it's it's rather down from from what it has been in the past. But you know, last year, even the year before, you had you know teams like Laurel, uh, West Jones, Brookhaven. You know, all those guys. You know, could could very well go deep in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, one of those teams gets knocked out in week one because you, you know, so yeah, it's just a, just a different animal. And back to Bay Springs before I go, guys, I got, I got to go here pretty soon. But, you know, you look at something Bay Springs is doing, this is probably the least talented Bay Springs team Brady's had. And I, I don't say that in a bad way. He's right. had some major talent. You know, you look at Spivey, Hamilton, Bruce Stevens all on one team when he first got there. And um, they finished well. But this is the first time they were six and zero since nineteen eighty, which was a that's thirty nine years. years yeah. And you, you know, with all the good teams Bay Springs had, so the future is bright for Brady. But you know, he's also young. There is some growing pain. So and there's a, there's a chance he could finish the regular season eleven and one. They're junior high, ten and one, seventh, eighth grade. You know, all those guys that that's those teams when they come up, they're going to be pretty special. It looks promising. Yeah. They could be the next Bassfield, Tyasfield, yeah. School. And I would even say Taylorsville, you know, as long as Ty Keys is there, I think Taylorsville is gonna be 
uh, a contender for the title each year yeah. with him being there. And that was just so I, unique because you know, Ty Keys, I don't even think he played quarterback in junior high. Taylorsville, you know, wow. Taylorsville just seems to find football players yeah. no matter how bad things look in junior high. So you can't judge Taylorsville on the junior high all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Texasville just had, and I was telling somebody this the other day, they have the system going to where, I mean, if you look at the passing yards of the quarterback before Ty Keys, I remember one game he had seven touchdown passes, you know, and it's their system. Even when they brought their back in, backup quarterback against Bay Springs, he was, I don't even know if he even had an inter, uh, uh, incompletion. That quarterback, you're talking about, um, you're talking about Carson, Carson, Carson Evans. Yeah. He came in last year in the South State Championship. Bay Springs had Taylorsville's backs against the wall. Ty Keys was out in injury. Carson threw the winning touchdown, threw a strike in the back of the end zone and, and stuck the dagger and went to the state championship. Yeah. So, yeah, Taylorsville finds football players. That's yeah. just what they do. And uh, their, their defensive line and offensive line is pretty incredible this year. Even on the offensive line, they had three guys that started this year that, that hadn't played before uh, in varsity, and just they're just dominant. Their defense is the untold story at Taylorsville. You you know, I don't know what prep did to make things tough on Taylorsville, but I just have a feeling that's the last team that will do that, at least in 2019. Well, Zach, before you go, kind of tell us where you uh, plan to be uh, this this week. what games do you plan on attending? Well, we're, we're now we're going to watch the weather. Uh, we've had two games in Jasper County moved. Taylorsville Heidelberg's moved to Thursday night. Just found out Bay Springs Puckett's moved to Thursday night. Um, my son's in a junior high game Thursday night, so yeah. we'll be juggling be there. We'll be juggling family issues. And yeah. um, right now, I've just been texting Coach Underwood at Silver Bay, and they're they're looking at options right now when they may play. Yeah. Um, and Stringer will be at Friday night at Union, so it, re- it really just depends on what the weather does to sick. So we, we'll, we'll shuffle from there. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thanks for coming on with us today, and we'll hopefully get you toward the tail end of the season when playoffs are going on, because I know um, at least Bay Springs, we know for for sure we'll probably be in the, the playoffs and we'll probably go pretty deep, and we'll get you to come back and talk a little bit more about uh, those teams in uh, the Jasper County area. Guys, before I go, I can't thank y'all enough for uh, Kevin and James. Y'all do more for our community than what you ever know. Love having you guys on our team and uh, do an awesome job. Thank you so much. Uh, we thank appreciate you. it. We enjoy what we do. All right, Kevin, let's, uh, you know, we mentioned some of those Thursday night games that uh, are going to be played because of weather, uh, impending weather Friday night. Uh, I looked at the radar and it was a 40% chance of rain for Friday. Um, but I, I guess that's probably going to change if all these teams are moving the games to Thursday night. What, what all games in your area or just in our Sports 601 area in general um, are going to get moved to uh, Thursday night? Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to keep up with it a little bit on Twitter as we've been doing the podcast. And, uh, you know, like Zach just said, just saw where Bay Springs and Puckett got moved. Uh, so far, the only one that I know in my area that has been moved was Purvis and Summerall. Uh, that's set up for a Thursday night. I'm probably going to try to get it with coaches and things like that this evening and see what we're doing. Uh, Coach Hankins told me yesterday while I was out at, out at Purvis that it's not so much the rain, yeah. it's the lightning yeah. is what they're concerned about because – Anytime it's within 10 or 15 miles, I believe, if a lightning strike hits, 
you are delayed 30 minutes. Yeah. And I just think they don't want another uh, week seven 2.0 again. Yeah, so. that's understandable. I know uh, Thursday night when Bay Springs and Taylorsville played, there was a big shower that came before the game, and the game got moved uh, back a little bit uh, for the opening kickoff. But it was only probably about 10 or 20 minutes that they moved the game. And then it came to halftime, and, man, it just lightning all around the stadium were, were just striking here and there and thunder. And they uh, removed the fans from the bleachers to uh, move them to safety. And I think that game ended up uh, – you were there with me, right? Yeah. Yeah, it got moved up about 40 minutes to an hour. Yeah, almost an hour. Um, almost didn't play the second half. I think there was some talk about trying to end that game coming – Tozville was up 35-0, and what else was there to to prove in that game? But uh, but they ended up playing that second half. Uh, so, yeah, and you had that game, and then, of course, a lot of games Friday night that, that got – if they didn't get postponed or moved to Saturday and Monday, they had some delays in those games. So uh, could have that this Friday night if, if some teams decide to play Friday, but we will have some games on Thursday of uh, course, in my area, I think you mentioned some of these games. You've got, as of right now, of course, it's a subject to change. You have uh, Yazoo City, 5-2, and two, coming to Raleigh, who's 2-4. and four. Uh, Raleigh got a big win last week against Crystal Springs, looking to uh, do the same against Yazoo City, who's uh, been pretty dominant this year uh, prior to region play. Uh, then you have uh, Taylorsville, 6-1, and one, playing at Heidelberg. Heidelberg is 2-5 and five on the year. And then you have Stringer, 3-4, and four, traveling to a really good union team who is 5-1 on the year. Those are the games so far that we have that's been moved to uh, Thursday night. And uh, like I said, we know of several others that are kind of in some talks of uh, I'm sure they're going to want to get this kind of hashed out before 3 o'clock, before the kids leave. Right. Because these games are going to be played tomorrow. And if you're going to move the game Friday night to Thursday night, you're going to want to know um, what you're going to have to prepare for before you hit the practice field uh, at the end of school. Um, so Thursday night's kind of up in the air of where I'll be going. Uh, at first, I was kind of looking at maybe going to the Yazoo City Raleigh game, but if uh, Puckett and Bay Springs were playing Thursday, I could possibly go to there too. But like I said, I'm just going to be kind of watching how things play out to determine where I'll be Thursday night. Uh, Friday night, if this game is still played on Friday night, I plan to attend. You have uh, Northeast Jones coming off that win last week against Richton. They will be entertaining Florence, who is two and five on the year. Uh, Northeast Jones is three and four. You know, we mentioned before that the last time Northeast Jones won an opening game in region play was in 2016. That year they went uh, one round deep in the playoffs, and the team they played is who they'll be playing this week in region play, and that's Florence. At the time, Florence was not in region 5-4A. They moved into that region this year. Uh, But that'll be a matchup, and I know Northeast Jones is possibly looking at some redemption uh, against Florence in that game. So that's where I'll be Friday night if that game is being played. Um, where will you be Thursday and Friday, Kevin? So Thursday night, uh, I'm actually kind of glad this has worked out the way it has so far. Uh, again, it's 1.20 right now while we're recording this podcast, so things could change by the time this thing drops. But Purvis, uh, they traveled to Summerall. Uh, big big game, kind of a rivalry game, but it's been one-sided the past 10 years. Uh, Purvis is 9-1 against Summerall, but Summerall did win last year. Um, getting a chance to see Summerall again. Uh, Purvis trying to keep that winning streak alive, so they'll play Thursday night. 
And then Friday, you have Brandon, five and two, top 10 team in the state. They're coming to visit Pedal, who's five and one, coming off of a big win against Oak Grove. Uh, as far as it stands right now, tentatively, that's probably where I'll be Thursday and Friday night. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm super excited about Brandon Pedal. That has to be a good game because, you know, Pedal, their only loss of the year was an overtime loss to Pearl. Um, so, you know, the. Was that correct? No, Pedal Pedal lost to Laurel. Remember? That's Pedal, right. Yeah, Pedal lost to Laurel. Okay. You got Pedal, five and one on the record. That's why I was Yeah, Pedal defeated Pearl in overtime. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so that's Pedal, right. Pedal's only right. loss is the Laurel, which was the shocking is right. Yeah, the, had, that was a shocking loss. Sorry, Laurel, I had totally forgot you had a heck of a game against Pedal. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably their best game of the year. Yes. Yes, probably the best game they'll play all year. I mean that, that's you know, big six eight school. Right. Get a win over that. My bad, Laurel. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> All right, uh, just some other games to, to mention that's going to happen this week. Like I said, these games are scheduled for Friday night. Of course, some of them will move. Uh, the first one on here that we've got, we just got word that we'll be moving to Thursday, and that's Puckett versus Bay Springs. Puckett's 5-2 and two on the year. Big win over Mize last week. They will play Bay Springs, uh, who is six and one. Uh, Puckett really stopped the run game of of Mize last week, uh, and we all know that Bay Springs runs a similar offense. They like to run the ball a lot, so that could be a tricky game. But I think Bay Springs will come out this game with a win because they kind of already know what to expect. There's no under the radar for this game, so I know Brady's gonna have them Bulldogs ready to take on the Wolves. You got uh, five and one Laurel traveling to Natchez. Uh, it's like a three hour drive. Whew. That, that's going to be tough. It's, that's that's it's, tough every year for any, any of those Region 3-5-A teams that have to travel to Natchez. Natchez is 3-3 three and three on the year. You have Mize going to be traveling to Enterprise. Mize is 6-1, and one, like we mentioned, lost to Puckett last week. Enterprise is 6-0 and oh on the season. And uh, they've played a pretty, I guess you would say, an easy schedule. Yeah. So this is, this is a game I feel like Mize will uh, – kind of expose Enterprise and uh, they should uh, be able to do what Puckett did to them, handle their first loss of the year. Mize should be able to handle Enterprise their first loss of the year, or at least that's what my prediction will go to. Uh, you have one in six South Jones traveling to Jim and Jim Hill. I was about to say Jiminy Hill. <laughs> All right, that would be an interesting name. Uh, Jim Hill was uh, one in five on the year, so you got a one in six team playing a one in five team. Both of these teams are in desperate need of a win, so uh, I know both of them will be looking to pick up a win this week. Civil Bay two and five will travel to uh, Newton County Academy. Uh, Zach kind of talked about that game. Newton County Academy is three and four on the year. Picked up a win last week to start district play. You have uh, Wayne Academy traveling to Leak Academy. Uh, Leak Academy is three and four. Wayne Academy is two and four. Uh, Wayne County, four and two, will travel to East Central, another four and two team. This will be a pretty good game. I know uh, the game that that they played against Picayune was probably their best game of the year. The Picayune obviously won that game because Picayune is Picayune this year, of course. Um, but that was a two-score game, which is kind of one of one of Picayune's closest games. That's a thriller for Picayune. Yeah, that's a, that's a thriller there in Picayune. So uh, it's going to be a, a pretty good game between Wayne County and East Central. And then you have three and four Forest Hill coming to West Jones, who is six and zero oh on the year. 
I was just looking at, at West Jones. If West Jones can beat Laurel, they will be undefeated in the regular season. Really? You believe so? Yes. They already played their toughest team besides Laurel in region play, Brookhaven. Right. So, if things go as things should be going for them, if they were to beat Laurel, they will be undefeated on the regular season, which will be – it won't be a first. I know several, several years ago back when uh, – Ben Stevens was quarterback at West Jones. They were unbeaten in the regular season, uh, had previously beaten Brookhaven in the regular season, uh, and then lost to a field goal there in the playoffs. Um, so they could have another one of those special regular season uh, like they did several years ago. Uh, so kind of, that kind of rounds out rounds out the games uh, going on this week. Uh, Kevin, kind of mentioned some of your games. Sure, uh, I have Tyler Town at Seminary. Uh, Tyler Town's three and four. Seminary's four and three. Seminary's kind of been reeling over some tough losses and things like that, but hopefully they can get back on track. This is this is a region that I cannot overstate enough. This is a tough tough region in yeah. 3A. Uh, so Tyler Town is not a bad team. Don't get that don't don't look at that record three and four and just think they're gonna be a pushover. Uh, Oak Grove three and three at Meridian one and six and I, I talked a little bit about this on Twitter yesterday. Meridian is just awful. And I hate yeah. to say that about a team, but they are just awful. I don't know what's happened over there or what's going on, but Oak Grove should win. It wasn't beat Meridian last week. I think it was like 55 to 0. Meridian has been outscored 55 to nothing, 62 to 0. I think Picking News wow. beat over. And one, I mean, it's it's pretty bad up there in Meridian. Yeah. Uh, Picayune, they come to Hattiesburg. This is a game last year that was should have was, was close. Hattiesburg, I think, defeated Picayune. This game probably won't be like that. No. Uh, Picayune six and zero. Hattiesburg one and five. Uh, you have Sacred Heart at Lake County. Sacred Heart's zero and six. Lake County's two and six. I, I'm giving. I, I'm picking Sacred Heart. <laughs> I'm speaking a win for Sacred Heart uh, to get name and claim it. Yeah, name and claim it, baby. Doing that prosperity preaching right here. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I, I I hope Sacred Heart is able to get a win this Friday night. Uh, Sebastopol. Plays at Mount Olive. Uh, this is a game Mount Olive. I think can win. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sebastopol's got the four and two record, but I think Mount Olive can win this game. Uh, Presbyterian Christian. They'll look to get back on track as they visit Simpson Academy. North Forest at Collins. This is Ooh. a trap game for North Forest. Yes. I think this is a trap game. North Forest. Uh, they had to play the second half of their game Monday night. They were desperately trying to get out of there Monday night. Uh, again, talked to Coach Dillon. They've never experienced anything like this, kind of like with Coach Breland and Laurel. So they have a short week. Combine that with the potential threat of rain and all of this stuff. Collins had a bye week. I know Collins has struggled, but if they have to move this game back or move this game forward, one of the two, 
this could be a trap game for North Forest yeah. as good ball as they're playing. Um, then you have Green County and Forest County Ag. That's actually – I would want to go down to Forest County Ag if, if I was able to uh, just to see Green County and Forest County Ag because I haven't seen those, the, that team play. But I think this um, this be an interesting matchup. You can see all of my predictions at sports601.com. Or you can see Pews he posted today uh, at sports601.com. So, and that's it for me. Yeah. Let's talk a little college football before we wrap things up here. Uh, we got a Thursday night game. Uh, Northeast is coming to Jones College. Uh, Jones College picked up a big win um, Saturday at homecoming versus PRC. Speaking of PRC, on Saturday you have Southwest. Uh, are they have they won a game yet? I believe so. I'm really okay. I believe so. They won a couple, I think. Um, so they'll they'll play. Uh, I know when Jones played them, they hadn't won a game yet. So reason I was asking. Um, so that'll be uh, homecoming for PRCC as they entertain Southwest. Uh, another homecoming game, you've got North Texas coming to Southern Miss. I'll let you talk about that game. That's going to be a huge game. North Texas is one of the better teams in Conference USA play. I know they've been scoring a lot of points offensively, which honestly every team in Conference USA seems to be scoring a lot of points offensively. Uh, what's your thoughts on that game? Uh, this game could decide. Uh, this game could have a big impact on the CUSA. If Southern's able to get a win over North Texas, that sets them up great in the Conference USA. Um, you know, North Texas has their quarterback who is the active NCAA leader in passing yards. Wow. Uh, so he's a four-year starter, I believe. I think he either started freshman year or early on in the sophomore year. But he's been a starter there for a while. Uh, on the other side, I, I talked about this uh, in the Hattiesburg Impact on our feature article. This is a game that could be a quarterback duel. You have Jack Abraham, who was just Conference USA Player of the Week, and then uh, you have North Texas' quarterback, who is the active NCAA leader. So I'm really excited to see the matchup between the two quarterbacks. I'm excited to see uh, if the cornerbacks for Southern Miss can hold up. Uh, I think that's, you know, Jay Hobson, as soon as the game was over with, Against uh, against UTEP, he was talking about they were going to take the bye week, work on fundamentals, and especially with the cornerback. So that's definitely definitely an area that they need to work on. They're thirteenth in the conference in in passing uh, passing defense, so they've got to get a little bit better. But you know, Akeem Davis, he's the cornerbacks coach, and I, I think he'll get those boys revved up. I mean, oh, a lot of passion from uh, Akeem oh, Davis. I know you got a pretty epic photo of him um, going crazy on the sidelines. Yes, yeah, probably my favorite photos. Games. Probably my favorite photos I've ever taken. Honestly, I mean, I just heard I heard hollering coming up the sidelines and look over, and Akeem is on the field. They're trying to pull him back. And all it, it was great, uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to cover homecoming at Southern Miss. Uh, other two D1 games we got Saturday: uh, Mississippi State, who is ranked fifth in the SEC West. We'll be traveling to Tennessee. Tennessee, obviously, we know is struggling this year. This is a game. Trap uh, game. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Tennessee, they last they were off last week. Uh, no, no State they, was. Yeah. State, State had a bye week last week. Tennessee got beat by Georgia. Yeah. Uh, was actually competitive in that game early on. I think it was a 13-14 game until – Georgia kind of took the reins and uh, pulled away with a, a big victory. 
you know, this this game is is one of those. You know, I mentioned to you just in us talking early in the season. I, you know, Tennessee seems to win one big game every year, um, no matter how their season is going. And obviously, the season is not going great for them uh, thus far. But I, this is a game that I've got marked down that I could definitely see an upset happening. Mississippi State's defense is suspect at this moment in time, uh, depending on how those. Uh, uh, Tudor Gate kind of thing plays <laughs> out to whether some of those guys that are uh, out for like eight games on the season, if they play, uh, if they play this game, I, I think State should should probably do pretty decent defensively. But if they're not, this is a game I think Taylor or Tennessee could uh, possibly pull an upset. I, like I said, this is a game got kind of like a little controversy at quarterback going on at Mississippi State. Not sure who they're going to start. Um, but uh, both of them are kind of right now dealing with, uh, as Coach calls it, lower body injuries. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know exactly what those lower body injuries are. But uh, I know both of those quarterbacks have been practicing this week yeah. full full time. But uh, I know both of them has kind of got a got a little injury they're kind of nursing through. So not sure who's going to get the start from Mississippi State. Um, I've heard some people who say that it's probably going to be Tommy Stevens, but. You know, I know a lot of the state fans are kind of wanting to ride the Schrader train for this year to make sure he gets a lot of reps and gets a lot of experience because he will be the guy next year from Mississippi State. So. Yeah, this is kind of what I think we've talked about. If you're looking towards the future, I think you probably want to start Schrader. The biggest thing, I think, and this isn't just hating on Mississippi State, don't think about it this way, the reason why I said it's a trap game, but Mississippi State doesn't have a lot of depth. You know, uh, they've wrote about running back. Once you get past Kyler Hill, it's not really – it's kind of murky there. Yeah. And then defensively, you had to replace two All-Americans. And then not only that, but some of our previous local talent uh, on the back end and the secondary, um, you know, you had to replace a lot of leadership there. And uh, Mullen kind of left the cupboard a little dry whenever he left yeah. uh, defensively. So, you know, State state should win this game against Tennessee, but I'm kind of feeling it like you are. Yeah. Tennessee, they done it to Auburn last year. Yeah. And they could certainly do it to State, to state this, year, this year. Yeah, so that will be uh, at, at Tennessee. Uh, I think this is the first time that State has traveled to Tennessee to play this, this, this matchup in a long time. So if you uh, have never been to the Tennessee Stadium, which I have, we went uh, last year, me and Zach Chamberlain went down there to cover the uh, – or what was it last year? Year before, year before last. Year before last when Southern Miss played down there and, and played them pretty well, uh, at least through the about the third quarter, uh, maybe a little bit into the fourth. But uh, – so, yeah, this would be a kind of an interesting matchup. And then, of course, you've got Ole Miss, who's ranked third in the SEC West. Uh, had a big win against uh, – and I say big win. It's not because it's Vandy's this powerhouse team, but just dominated that game all throughout. Even though the close score was close in the first half, just Ole Miss was sent just simply the best team on the field. Uh, thanks to John Rye Plumley, who had another, another big game, uh, had what – over 100-and-something yards rushing on 21 carries. Uh, touchdown, just, man, that speed he's got. Um, I think Ole Miss has got a quarterback for the future. If they can kind of 
develop him a little bit more as a passer. Yeah. Um, last game they didn't they didn't try to let him pass the ball a lot, and I think a lot of that had to go with the running game was was just getting they were getting tons of yards in the, on the ground, so they wanted to kind of stick with what was going or it was working for them, and uh, obviously run out that clock in the second half. You saw that game, correct? Yeah, I, I saw. I, well, I listened to it on the way back from Hattiesburg, but uh, a couple of bit near the end. And I, I don't make a bold prediction. I haven't told you this yet, but okay. I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna give you a little bit of a hot take. I think Ole Miss might have the best running back uh, situation in the SEC. Oh, no doubt. Like I, I feel no like doubt. it. I know everybody looks at Alabama and Najee Harris and those guys, but I don't know, man. I feel like that Ole Miss probably has maybe one in the one of the best running back tandems in the nation. Like as far as three horses that can just get up and go. Yeah. Um, but let's add four to that because if you, I know Plumlee's a quarterback, but. He runs the ball a lot more than he throws. Right. So let's let's add him into that running back list. You have John Rock Plumley, who is e- extremely fast um, and has showed how he can juke kids left and right, hurdle kids. We saw that in the Alabama game. Um, a magnificent runner uh, at the quarterback position. And then you have Scotty Phillips, who was close to 1,000 yards last season and would have got that had he not been injured right. and, and not played in that last game against Mississippi State um, and didn't play a little bit in, in some other games too. But he would have been a 1,000-yard rusher for Ole Miss. They would have had back-to-back seasons of 1,000-yard rushers. And then you had Jerion Ely, who, you know, just like Plumlee, is, is incredibly fast. Uh, get him in open space, and he's simply dangerous. Some broke off of, what, 74, 78-yard run. Uh, and then – on top of those two guys, and then three adding Plumley, you got Connor, Snoop Connor from uh, previously from Hattiesburg, and uh, he broke off a 84-yard run against Vanderbilt. So, you know that 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 running back core at Ole Miss is going to be very good from years to come because two of those guys um, on the running back depth chart are freshman yeah. and then you have Plumley as a quarterback who's a freshman too who's incredible running the ball so yeah I agree I agree Ole Miss has uh, got one of their best running back cores that I can think of in a long time and they'll travel to Missouri to play uh, Saturday uh, Missouri is kind of reeling from some injuries their quarterback is out for the year yeah as far as I understand yeah ACL uh, yeah. Tear, tear or something like that yeah, nature but- um, so and then their top defensive guy, if I'm not mistaken, will not be playing in this game either. Right. Um, he's nursing an injury. So um, you know, six games to go for Ole Miss. They could possibly pull off three wins and, and get a bowl. Yeah, you, right. If things go their way, it's going they're, to they're, out of these four, out of these six games, there's four of them that they could potentially win, and that's uh, obviously we know they're probably going to beat. New Mexico State. Right. Um, you have Missouri that they could could win. Uh, Texas A&M, I, I don't think you would cross that game off as a loss for them because uh, we've seen that it, with the Arkansas game that, that you can play them close. And, and Arkansas is one of the worst teams along with Tennessee and the SEC, and they were able to uh, take that game deep into the fourth quarter. So, you know, uh, there's, there's, you know, 
possibly three wins that Ole Miss could could pull off. And if they could, it would be a great season for them, considering that most of their guys are freshmen and uh, coming off of their first year where they're not having some sanctions and you know restrictions on uh, scholarships and all that stuff. So Ole Miss could uh, – and then, of course, Mississippi State, the game to mention that they could possibly win. If if State's defense doesn't improve, this is a game I see Ole Miss winning. And, and that's where I, I think it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to the Egg Bowl. I think you're going to have a five and six mm-hmm. Ole Miss team who's going to be motivated to get back to the Egg Bowl visiting Starkville. I cannot – Wait for that yeah. game. I can't. Um, that will be in Starkville this it year. It will correct? be. Yep. So, you know, you got that, and there's a potential if this trap game happens for Mississippi, for Mississippi State that they're on the edge of making or not making a bowl. So, this it could be pretty big. Yeah, definitely will be. Well, be sure to check us out on sports601.com for all your high school, JUCO, and college sports updates, articles, photos, and videos. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter also because, like we mentioned, there's several of these games that maybe haven't been called to move from Friday to Thursday. Uh, we'll keep you informed on those games as we get the information. Um, but uh, until next week, we'll see you out on the field either Thursday or Friday night. All right, guys. Y'all have a good, safe week. Bye-bye.